0: Welcome to ThriveCast. Uh, we are meeting uh, growth and product leaders all around the world. And today with, uh, with me is the famed Mario. Uh, Mario, you have been uh, a product and a growth advisor at so many places. I have always drawn inspiration from your, from your podcast on PLG Fall Starts. Uh, and you know, and uh, I think back in the day when I started to know more about you know, your post, you were a softer I think this was a couple of years back, and since then I've been tracking, you know, your LinkedIn post, your, uh, you know, various things that you do, you know. But I listen to a lot of the the podcasts that you have. Uh, you know, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for the for the kind words. I'm I'm um, doing really well. Uh, thanks for th- thanks for having me. Excited about the conversation. Um, how are you? <laughs>
0: I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, and just before to all the listeners, just before uh, this podcast, we, I was just complimenting Mario about the location where he is in. Uh, I wasn't aware that Anduro Ordino is a real place uh, and it is such a beautiful place. <laughs> Compliments to Mario for, you know, uh, you know, staying connected to the roots there. Uh, so to today's topic, you know, jumping to the today's topic, uh, Mario, um, you have been talking to so many people out there in the industry. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is kind of a reverse power cash, if you will, right? So you, typically you are the one who's interviewing, and this is an opportunity for me to pick the brains of an interviewer who who has retained so much, you know, uh, over the years. Uh, so the topic of this call today is, you know, Uh, Is there a prescriptive guide on implementing PLG? And, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, I know that you've worked at so many places primarily around product led growth, primarily on growth. uh, Growth at software was very different. You know, you've been running the product-led stack. Uh, There's so many categories. I was inspired by the number of products out there. Uh, Could you maybe, you know, uh, uh, share a little about yourself and the work that you do before we jump into the topic?
1: yeah of course uh, very simple very simple career path uh for me i um uh i started uh, i spent the, the the majority of my career um uh, in a company called OutSystems. systems uh, mm-hmm. and you know heavy b 2 b uh SaaS company great product um, with um that that was really ahead of his ga- of his time really ahead of uh of, uh, of his time, in the sense that, uh, in the very, 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 very beginning, it required a lot of uh, selling, a lot of evangelizing, and um, and we were always obsessed. And you, you know, this was like 17, 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. We're very much always obsessed about how can we make this simpler? Why don't people? Why don't people get it? What is it that we can do? And we we spent myself and the team there many many years optimizing that buyers journey by coincidence a few years uh, ago I left uh, I left uh, out systems to work for companies that have you know simpler products easier to easier to evaluate easier to buy um, and um, and sort of this in, in my transitioning out and into these new challenges I started advising for companies that uh, that were going through uh, similar situations in the meantime PLG gets coined Wes Bush writes the book and uh what is what is what is product and growth working together to grow a company now has now has a name or at the time was given a name and um and I've been doing advisory uh for uh PLG companies for a long time now uh or for companies that want to grow through their product uh, for a long time now uh, mostly B two B, so that's more or less where I play.
0: So uh, um, I think you, you mentioned about you met Wes, and then product led work got coined. How did you get associated to product led? And I'm I'm sure uh, there's some inside story. Then how you <laughs> and Wes met, and how did the whole product led you know uh, domain get registered? You write a book, uh, and you suddenly are joining hands, doing podcast, and talking to leaders around the world. How did that come into being?
1: It was a coincidence, really. I was uh, working in odd systems at the time. Wes was actually, and this was in Lisbon, Portugal, Wes was actually living in Lisbon. Mm -hmm. And he was just like trying to connect with people from companies because he wanted to test this new thing that he was thinking in his head uh, about um, optimizing onboarding uh, and uh, getting people together around this problem of, Getting people to value quicker, and he, he asked if he could join us mm-hmm. to teach us the workshop. That's how we met, um, okay. and, and so it was. It was really, and then from from that moment, moment on, we became friends. And then later, after you wrote the book and launched ProductLed.com, I joined as a as a coach and as a, an, a, as an advisor to ProductLed.com. And it's been a few years. Uh, it's been a few years that we've been we've been working together. Actually, meeting him in half so, so so uh so that's that and he he has a great platform he's a great person and he is extremely committed to value creating products interactions whatever it is that offer value and, and that was one one transformation in myself in the way I think about all of this that I owe that I owe to that I owe to us for sure
0: Yeah, this is an interesting story, Mario, right? So uh, I think maybe a couple of years back, uh, as the product-led growth, or PLG term was getting coined, much of the value proposition or much of the conversations were about simplified onboarding. Uh, You know, much of the conversations were about free trials. Mm -hmm. Uh, But today it has evolved to so much more. Uh, You know, uh, so maybe, you know, if you could uh in maybe in your own words why is it why is plg becoming more and more important and m- more so the second question around is why is it so difficult to build uh, build towards plg uh,
1: to me um i, I summarize product work growth in three in three things um and i i couldn't i'm not one of those dogmatic like people that only sees plg all around i actually i actually to me plg was a term that i i'm grateful that it bubbled up um uh, however and by whomever that helped uh create um common ground for us to think better about how to uh deliver great products so that that, that to me is is biology is whatever it takes but I would summarize, but I, would summarize um, I would say it's much more than, than, than simply onboarding people. To me, it starts, and again, I have the bias of the B2B. Uh, I'm biased by B2B, which is my experience. But to me, a product needs to be easy to adopt, easy to use, easy to sell. And so the, those three easies are the, the the things that I that I would strategically look at. And so when it comes to being easy to adopt, um, you have to you know you can break it down. Uh, the the the, the value proposition needs to be easy to understand. The you have to be able to test it somehow and understand if it's for you or not. So it, the, the easy to adopt can be can be um, can be can be that as well and then once the product is adopted uh once the product is adopted will it expand and so it has to be easy to use uh obviously easy to sell uh is it somewhat orthogonal to all of this but um but if um, if if there's too much friction then it's going to take too long to sell maybe it's okay for some companies it's okay to have uh six, nine, 12, 18 months of sales cycle. But the companies that reach out to me uh, normally are concerned and they want to figure out, find out ways to shorten that sales cycle. Um, And so in essence, and I don't want to ramble too much, it's a combination of things, but like my boss, one of my former bosses used to say, uh, and I, I remember about him uh, all the time. Former Adobe executive, he would, uh, his name is Steve Rotter. He would used to say, "It's the little things that make the big things possible." And with products uh, and with PLG, uh, is the same thing.
0: That's a beautiful, um, beautiful framework. Adopt easy to adopt, easy to use, easy to sell. Uh, could you maybe help understand? Um, if it's an early stage startup, right, how should they think about, you know, these three framework levels? Sure enough, they don't have, you know, maybe let's let's take this case in point. There's a very early stage startup. They don't have sales-led growth. They don't even have a product uh, product market fit yet. Uh, and yet they're thinking that, hey, it's, uh, you know, should I go product-led versus should I go sales-led? And these days they need a lot of, a uh, lot of, uh, marketing material, conversations on LinkedIn, you know, Elina Werner, OpenView, Kyle Poyer, and they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe product-led growth, if allow, it allows me to self-serve my product. Should I begin from there? Uh, you know, versus should I go the SLG route? Maybe taking a peeling, peeling this back a little bit. How should the early-stage startup think about? Uh, you know, think about. Uh, their growth strategies should they go plg or should they go slg or should they from day one think about plg plus slg
1: i think an early stage startu- startup uh an early stage an early stage startup without product market fit needs to go in what in whatever way uh in whatever way works they need to find initial traction they need they need strong signals of initial traction especially now that uh that uh, it's harder to get funding
0: uh right.
1: and so i i w- i don't i so that's that's one thing they need to they need to go whatever route uh, it makes sense for them to go so i i wouldn't say i wouldn't say without context I wouldn't be able to say without context what is the right answer, but I will say that, um, that for, for my framework to think about it is, is there volume? Is there enough volume? So are you targeting, are you targeting a market, a use case that has hundreds of thousands or millions of potential, of potential users? Uh, maybe a fraction of that of potential buyers then uh then um offering offering a a, a going for a, an hybrid product led growth uh, product and sales uh led growth motion is probably the right uh, the right way to do long term if the company succeeds there's not volume like if you're just selling to i don't know the 1000 companies in the world that produce whatever uh then there's there's no point in creating that go to market motion now in either in either scenario there are tactics that you can apply in context to help the 1000 uh potential customers company to to survive to to um to make it but it will not be a pure. It, it will it will for sure not be a self-service motion that then will drive individuals to be engaged. That then will drive teams to be engaged and the company to adopt worldwide, uh, company wide. So so that's um so that's I guess I guess that's that. So I would look for what is the size of your TAM? Is there an individual use case? Is there a team use case and a company wide use case? Uh, and if there is, then the 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 product-led go-to-market is is for you, and by product-led go-to-market, uh, majority of the time when I mention this, I'm always referring to a hybrid motion when there's mm-hmm. where there's sales and uh, where, where, where there's a self-service motion and a sales-driven motion working together.
0: I think that makes sense. Uh, so maybe let's break this down, you know, one by one. I think the first mm-hmm. one, you mentioned that if it's an early stage startup, you know, they mm-hmm. take whatever steps that they can. But if they find that the time is enough and there's a lot of volume that people can sign into their product, a PLG mm-hmm. or self-serve motion can probably be a good fit. Uh, let's mm-hmm. assume that for now. Let's assume that there's a startup or there are a bunch of startups who think that their time is big and they want to test this out. Right. Uh, what recommendations or what prescriptive guidance that you can give them on where should they begin this journey if they want to begin this journey on the plg side uh you know uh, where should they begin and uh, let me uh you know enable the context around this should they think of uh, you know bring their product for free trial as the first step uh, bring their product for just having to self serve and get the users to you know try the product is that a first step should they not do that and fix the onboarding, make sure that the onboarding is simple, and then do the self serve portion as the first step? Should they do the analytics and figuring out the data associated to who's using, what's using? Should they first invest in that and then enable self serve as the first step? So how do, should they think about getting started?
1: Yeah, so um, it's a good, uh, it's a good question. I for for um, first decision first decision that needs to be made is what, what what are they going to be optimizing for? Are they going to optimize for uh, market penetration penetration in that big hypothetical big total addressable market mm-hmm. fast uh, if if that's the case perfect if they were able to map out an hypothesis about uh, about how do they monetize all these users and it's somewhere in their um, in their uh, plan. Then they have something, right? Just mm-hmm. acquiring users for the sake of acquiring users. Uh, you know, there are many companies that did that and did not succeed. So you have to have at least a theory about uh, how you're going to monetize. But the first thing, uh, if that's the case, then probably a free, a freemium version would be what I would, what I would go like similar to what Loom did. They mm-hmm. just launched the product in a free version uh in a free version very, very unrestricted free version then that only a few years back they started to 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 to, to gate yeah. and monetize and restrict and whatnot. So I would start there. Foundations to all of this uh for foundations to all of this is um uh, is uh that you have to have set up this 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 stack of tools and technology that will, that will help you uh, that will have tools that technology, or at least you have to support this. You need to know what your users are doing. You need to know what, what what roadblocks they use. There are a bunch of tools that can help you, that can help you with that. Um, And um, obviously if the assumption here is a self-service journey, then, then what, what happens is that they will not have anyone to support them so onboarding documentation and uh, maybe some way to proactively understand where users get stuck so you can unstuck them and so on and so forth so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of that that needs to be in place someone is calling this i don't remember the name of the lady i'm so sorry uh, but she was calling this uh, the modern growth stack. This is the term that she was using, as a sort of as sort of um, alluding to the modern data stack uh, term that is ah, out there now. Okay.
0: Well. I think I've heard this term. Was it Sam Richards? Probably. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I, don't I, don't,
1: I don't think it's. I don't think it's Sam. Um, it's. It's well. If you, uh, I. i'll it will occur to me. It will occur to. Me.
0: So I think what you're saying, uh, Mario, is that, um, you know, first of all, let's they should start testing the market right away. Right. Instead of the building all of this at once, you know, just like what Loom did, uh, they put Mm -hmm. their product out there. They launched it. They started getting the feedback and understood that there is a primary value proposition for the product right? Mm -hmm. without which, you know, investing in all the other aspects, you know, of growth uh, like Mm -hmm. file management. You know, uh, or even self-service monetization, simpler onboarding—all of that may not make sense unless until there's a value. Uh, looks like that's what you're suggesting, and then yeah. iterate faster from there. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Am I am I getting uh, the right wind yeah. from from that? Okay.
1: Yeah, that that's more or less that. There are many assumptions floating around in this conversation. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe the next question is, how do they know uh, that they are doing the right things? Right. Uh, for example, you mentioned you know some companies they uh, optimize towards acquisition. They get they get a lot of users, you know, um, trying the product and they drop off. But how do they know? How do how does someone know a early stage company know uh, that they are on the right path? Now, are there any indicators? Are there any you know feelers mm-hmm. that you can get from these launches?
1: yeah so um well you you you'll know you'll know when you start to see well first you start to see excitement and you start to see sign ups going up shortly mm-hmm. after uh shortly after uh engagement going up uh and retention of your users uh mm-hmm. not going up but at least stabilizing to a point where um, you're not losing them all within your first two three weeks, um, and the, my favorite so- signal is there's someone uh, that wants to buy. So you, you, mm-hmm. you start to see uh, people willing, willingly, you know, giving you their money. And I've had in companies that I've worked for, we've had customers saying that they they were paying, they did not need the product. <laughs> But they were paying because they liked us. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Mm
1: -hmm. There's this, this, this. mm, They, they, they could use the free edition, but they paid because they wanted to support the project. That is not indicative of product market fit, but is indicative of um, of uh, something related with the community that you're building and the fans that you're creating. But as far as product market fit, we've also had. Uh, in similar example would be people coming calling in for non-boarding call or whatever, and we having that conversation and then telling us your product is too cheap. I would pay twice as much, three times as much, and they continue to pay and refer to other users. So this, these early sign signals are really, really important. Um, depending on what scale you're at, you may start to seeing them uh, on your email box, and then, and then you start to be able to predict that, uh, you know, 5% of. Five percent of people that start a free edition eventually pay. Um, uh, Forty to fifty percent of people that start a trial eventually pay, and your your growth, as far as traffic is concerned, when you got that traction, when you get past that that initial traction, should be growing, hundred um, percent year on year, something along those lines.
0: So, uh, in your experience, Mario, how long does it uh, maybe, if you could? give some examples, uh, you know, from your own uh, from your own learnings there. How long does it take for a startup as they decide to go PLG, you know, get to a place where acquisition rates are higher. They're able to retain uh, these users and they're starting to or willingness to pay. Is it a couple of months since they get incorporated and started uh, or is it, you know, a little longer than that?
1: Um, it was just today, I think today, that Lenny po- posted uh, a list of like 25 to 30 companies, mm-hmm. and it, 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 you'll see the range is very big. It's like from six months, he says, three months, six months to like 18, 12 sometimes. Uh, I'm sorry, 18, 24 months. So it's a, it's a big, it's a big, big range. Uh, I would, uh, I would say. So it's, it, it I haven't, um, all, all the companies I've worked with had already some sort of traction. Like when you decide to go all in, uh, there's no growth without product market fit. Yeah. Let me put yeah. it like that. Yeah. Just This one is going to say hi. Say hi. Hello there. Um, so there's no, there's, there's nothing to grow if you don't have product market fit. So, so, um. So you need to fix that problem first before anything else, um, which which makes uh, which makes which makes you know thinking about all of this infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera, that is required. My recommendation is that you do the minimum possible. Your focus should be in finding product market fit. If you haven't, um, you should be selling manually for three, four, five, six, seven months until you until you nail it and when you get it then that's a good problem to have but that's my that's my that's my perception
0: yeah I there see, are
1: many yeah go ahead
0: i don't know i see uh i see lynn's post on that i see people are forwarding that so on, on the linkedin i'm seeing that yeah so miro looks like it's taken a couple of years but canva got it much more quickly uh amplitude mm-hmm. got it one one and a half years mm-hmm. are yeah, you right so it's it's a whole range you know, from a couple of months to maybe like even three, four years. Uh, this is very interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, It is, um, yeah, I think uh, it, it is impressive. And uh, it, I've seen founders putting their focus and their energy in the wrong place. When you don't have product market fit, it doesn't. It, when you're at the point that you're building and building and building and building and there's no one buying, there's no one using something is wrong and you may want to redirect your resources your energy correct finding that person
0: correct that's, yeah that's so what might...
1: that's what we do at graphics which is the company that I spend the most time with right now mm-hmm. um is uh, is just that you know it's all hands on deck trying to accelerate product
0: marketing i'm sure you know, that you will be doing wonderful things i've seen uh, i've seen your history with uh, software right this <laughs> is just is extremely fast. So if I run these numbers, Mario, is this right to say that typically, you know, uh, for all of the companies that Lenny has posted and and a few others that people are looking at, is this right? You know, if I take in general average, it takes about maybe nine to 12 months time for them mm-hmm. to uh, achieve like a baseline product market fit. And most mm-hmm. of them are not self served by the product market fit. They actually start making itself so much later, right? Unless yeah, they are like a prosumer, probably. unless they are like a loom, right? Who wants to begin with self so very early on, right? But everyone else was not, it was all handheld. Uh, like Amplitude did not even have Super a self-serve. Superhuman,
1: there are many, correct.
0: yeah. Correct, correct. Uh, this is very interesting. Uh, so we'll, we'll probably do some more research on that and we'll post out uh, what we find. You know, um, I'm really looking at how much time and how much money. To people spend, you know, to get to uh, the baseline PLG readiness, meaning it could be even a baseline PLG self serve. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me let me ask my next question to you, and we'll you know we'll wrap it up you know very soon after that. How important is data? How important is data for these startups to understand? And are there any tools? in the industry that uh, you think, you know, that helps them to essentially become product enabled. I know there are so many tools, you have a, you know, you have a whole stack, you know, of tools. And uh, in, in our quest to answer this question, we are doing interviews with so many SaaS builders and they're finding it very, very difficult to choose so many product categories, so many tools to essentially bring all of them together. Uh, yeah. What's an easier yeah. way, you know, uh, for them to, get to self serve understand the data and and take it from there
1: data is absolutely crucial so the, the 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 data the data tells you what problems what challenges what opportunities are there customer interviewing customers talking to your users will tell you the why those things are there and then it's the intelligence of people that will get the, the 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 creative solutions. So data is absolutely of the essence. Qualitative data and quantitative data. Focusing just on quantitative data, um, quantitative data. I there are many many tools out there that will promise uh, a bunch of things. Some some even promise that they will tell you which experiments to run in your product, which I find um, uh, intriguing uh, and, and fascinating. But I always but you know, if you had asked me this maybe two, three, four months ago, I would have a different opinion. Right now, I'm more into the weeds of data than I was ever before in my in my life with um, with GraphX. Uh, that uh, that I my, my opinion change. I think there's there's the beauty of data is the the value, the most value of data that you get comes when you pair data with the human, uh, with the human, the, the, the intuition of a human, the, the creativity of a human, and, and so on and so forth. And so that, to me, that's where the, the beauty of data, uh, the, the value of data, shines. um shines. June, uh, SO, amplitude, mixed panel, et cetera, are like the basic thing that you should have, at least to measure the behavior of the users. It will tell you, it will tell you, what is going on it does not tell you why what's going on is going on and that's the next generation of data tools that are that are, that are coming in which are going to help you understand the why so for example you know that a bunch of customers are coming in and a bunch of users are coming in from google they say they are from the banking industry and they're converting at 75% versus the others that are converting at 20%. Now, should we just redirect the entire company to go after banking and stop others? Most likely not, because the the, the, the fact that there's one relationship between, uh, I use this term loosely loosely, between users coming in from that industry, converting, doesn't mean that all that is the that it is the single variable that is having that impact. Most likely, there are 50 more, and correlations are rarely rarely as simple as a cause and effect. Yeah. And That's where uh, tools like tools like that will enable you to uh, to do these complex analyses uh, will help you understand. Hey, it's in fact 14 factors that are affecting this. Instead of one, and so your decision will be different if you know this information. Most of the teams that I work with do not get this deep uh, in their in their working. Fortunately, right now, my team is a team of data scientists building a product for data scientists, so it's like I, I, it's mind blowing um, not only what the tool does but the having access to all these talent most teams don't, and I am very well aware that most teams don't. So, so tooling for data is, is very, very critical.
0: So maybe we should have uh, another podcast or maybe even some other conversation offline uh, or even have it recorded purely on this data and experimentation, the tooling, the North Star metrics and each of these phases of PLG. Uh, it gives me an idea to reach back to you sometime later. You know, hopefully you'll be OK with that. Uh, Absolutely. I know we Sorry, go ahead.
1: Absolutely, you can you can cut this part off. Um if you want to get Victoriano who's the founder of Graphics, like his entire life was around how do I how do I make data accessible for humans to make decisions, not just data scientists and um, uh, to make decisions. He, he's a good he's a good uh, person to connect with as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll connect on that. Uh, i know we are out of time thank you for the suggestion we'll definitely you know uh, you. find find time there uh, last question to you maybe a slightly weirder one on a softer note you've done so many uh, plg fall starts right uh, you know there are so many plg fails that people have come and shared to you uh, every single podcast that you ask them hey, give me one single crazy fail what uh, from all of these PLG false starts or failures that you have seen. Could you share maybe one or maybe two of the uh, amazing failures that you have seen? And that that reminds me that you know, hey, when you wake up in the morning, you talk about PLG false start. Is this just one or two of them? What is that mm-hmm. that you can share to our audience? And
1: because we're talking about startups, uh, maybe some uh, pre-product market fit. Don't hire too soon for growth. Growth is on you. Um, If you're gonna hire, and if you if you still the if you if you so I mean let me go back. Don't hire too soon. Uh, Hiring hiring for growth requires uh, the people that come in for growth require certain conditions to succeed, and one of them is product market fit or very much close to product market fit. So don't don't hire too soon. Second thing is if you do get a growth if you do get product market fit and if you do hire a growth team uh, make sure you know what that is hmm. before you hire um because growth is many things to many people growth can be running ads on google it can also be uh making your product more collaborative more viral it can be a number of different things and um and i've uh, i know a company that has hired company is like Two or three years old, uh, maybe maybe four. They've hired three heads of growth already. And uh, what does this tell? What, what does this tell us about the capacity of founders, CEOs most most often CEOs to hire the right people for their teams? And I think um, I think uh, I think that is uh, is a false start. But not just to growth, to many things. Uh, I, I I would the other the other. Um, most often than not thing that I see is that uh, you hire fast, you fire slow instead of the opposite. And hmm. um, instead of firing fast and hiring slow. And uh, and you, 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 you normally that's a recipe for failing. So
0: that's, that's a good learning. So don't hire like a VP of growth. Don't hire VP of sales. You know, go to product market fit and then if you go figure it out. And then uh, don't fire if you have, hire the right people, figure out a way to you know, get things done and don't necessarily fire them out.
1: It's this not is- I mean, you, you should let go. You, you, we sh- we need to let go people. Actually, we, we will be doing them a favor if they don't fit. My yeah. point is that founders, because they're, they're coming too fast and then the company is growing and then they hire as fast as they make any decision and sometimes they're making bad, this bad hiring decisions that will have an impact down the line. And on the other hand, they're too slow to fire or don't have the courage to fire, so they made a mistake. They have the wrong team right now, and they're not fixing the problem and that is um, that that is a that is really bad for for everyone, even for the people they hire. So as far as hiring for growth, uh, make sure what you're hiring for. Do you want a VP of marketing? Yep. Do you want a VP of growth? Most founders also think they are. They, I got this company to where it is today. I know a lot about marketing. I know a lot about growth. So they micromanage the hell out of
0: these people. Yeah, yeah. And uh a failure, and, right? and so
1: you, you, if you're not ready to be a leader, right? Just don't. don't again, don't hire. Uh, be humble. You, you got these people for some reason. Um, so uh, yeah, be, be be humble and uh, and uh, and up. Figure out how to leverage to take the most out of these people that you hire, and leave your ego aside. Because again, with founders, like if it's not my solution, it's not the best solution. So mm-hmm. I don't like it. Right. Like not don't do not get into those arguments. Argue about what's the objective, what is the goal. And, and let people run with it. Trust 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 the team. If they're making bad decisions, it's on you. You did not provide the the best context possible. Fix that. Uh, that and uh, and focus on that.
0: Those are beautiful words to close on. Think before you do. Be humble. Uh, don't bring in your ego. Uh, thank you so much, Mario. Uh, so much Have to a good learn. Yeah, always uh, talking to you. Thanks so much for the valuable time. Uh, you know, by you, notes, uh with uh with your linkedin uh with your uh, other you know uh, uh other places like product with stack and so, so on and so forth uh thank to you so all much. our listeners if you have enjoyed today's discussion please do consider leaving your comment uh, if you have any suggestions you know thank you mario mario for suggesting one more person to bring on our uh, podcast so stay tuned for more insights more guests and until next time keep thriving you